This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. so worried about you. I hear you had a stroller accident on the way into Roberta's today. I got clipped by a stroller waiting for a coffee <laughs> in the front of Roberta's by the by the um, sweet bun section. <laughs> and, yeah, like, remember when we started coming here a couple years ago? There were no babies here. There were no old people. Now there's, like, people with baby Bjorns strapped to their fronts, <laughs> clipping innocent bystanders who just want a coffee. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day to me, Judy McGuire. <laughs> and how you feeling today? Were you out doing the <laughs> Were you out doing the pub crawl with the rest of your uh, your tribe last night, Judy McGuire? <laughs> I actually did go to a bar in the East Village last night. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow, I know. We were the oldest people there by a thousand. And how'd that work out for you? A bar in the East Village last night was bad. Up in my Saturday. neighborhood, it was already a parade of like green plastic hats, and I mean, I was just a few moments away from that multicolored river of puke that is. Yeah, no, we <laughs> we went there, and uh, there's some guy wrapped in the uh, Ukraine flag. He was an other old person, and then he had to go home to his wife. He's like, I'd like to invite you ladies home with me, <laughs> which we were seriously considering, <laughs> except for my wife would be upset. Anyway, for St. Patrick's Day, we Woo-hoo! have our great drinking expert guest, Rosie Shep. Thanks Yay. so much for coming. Yay, thank you so much for having me again. It's All nice right. To be right. here. That's right. Famous tippler and scribbler <laughs> for the New York Times. And of course, uh, your, your book, Drinking with Men, very popular here on Arts and Seizures. Thank you. And it's true. I've sometimes been called a professional drinker, which is exactly what my mother expected I'd grow up to become. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Jesus, Marion Johnson. <laughs> I learned how to make an old-fashioned when I was, like, five. Was it your dad's drink or your mom's drink? Both. Both, okay. Yeah, yeah I, w- I learned to muddle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was <clears throat> fine Irish tradition. Had my first beer at my first Holy Communion. Wow. Yeah. That's good. They sort of just turned you into like a little cocktail-making helper monkey. Yeah. Judy Smart just teach you how to muddle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you man, the pub crawl last night in my, in my neighborhood... Um, just sort of uh, somewhere between Gramercy and <laughs> Murray Hill. Um, I mean, it was it just gets uglier and uglier every year. And already there were these like, big posters for the St. Patrick's Pub Crawl. I mean, it's advertised in adv- in advance. Um, even the non-Irish bars, the bars don't usually fly the flag. The rodeo bar, I mean, they had their colors yeah. out. And it just gets ugly fast. I don't know where these people come from. Yeah, they come from all over the place. And, and I usually um, just forego St. Patrick's Day. But, you know, when it's on a Monday, it does stretch out across the whole weekend that yeah. precedes it. Um, so I got out of Manhattan early yesterday. I was in, in Manhattan doing some work, got back out to South Slope where I live around 5 in the evening. And I got to say, I just went to my local bar, the bar where I happen to work every Souths. Tuesday. Souths. 
And um, I was going to have one pint of Guinness. <laughs> and what happened? Famous last words. <laughs> Famous last words. Um, as we say at South, I got soused. Um, <laughs> so I had two pints of Guinness and a little bit of whiskey. Just a wee. Just a wee dram. Um, but there were fun people, and we were having a great conversation, and that's what I love about being in a bar. <laughs> that's what I love about being in a bar that's not in Williamsburg or true. the East Village. Because there are other adults there, and yeah. you don't feel like somebody's dirty parent. Well, we've had this conversation before. It just gets harder and harder to find an adult bar for a civilized drink. And it sort of it goes from sports bars. In my neighborhood, I, just, I don't like TVs and bars. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get the concept of going to a bar and watching the game. I'm all for that. Yeah. That's fine. That's what but a sports bar is that, for. That's yeah. Exactly. But the alternative and not somewhere short of the, this new wave of cocktail bars, which I like, you know, an artisanal, well-made cocktail by an educated mixologist. I get it. That's all, all well and fine. Absolutely. But between... That element of hipster cocktailology and just a bar where adults can go and have a conversation without having to listen to you two or Bruce Springsteen on the jukebox have become far and few between in New York City. Well, you know, I think it's true that there are fewer of those kinds of great, regular, grown-up neighborhood bars, but I also have this theory that they're still around and people yes. don't want to talk about them because they don't want to jinx them or make them go away. People have become kind of protective of their neighborhood, of their locals, um, you know, as these safe havens where you can be a grown-up and have a conversation and not watch a game and not listen to music you don't want to hear that's played too loud. Um, so I find, you know, when I wander around the city, I find, oh, here's a little sleeper of a bar in the middle of nowhere and it turns out to be delightful and everybody's very quiet about it. So tell us some. Okay, there's none in Williamsburg. <laughs> I'm going to tell, yeah. tell you right now, if you want a quiet drink in Williamsburg, you go to a restaurant. Like, or, yeah, yeah, or like yeah. A no, restaurant bars can restaurant often. Restaurant bars are awesome. And I think as we get older, also, when you have a couple extra dollars and you're not looking for a cheap pint of beer or happy hour specials, you definitely have more flexibility. Absolutely. Um, because we're old and we... Are. <laughs> I'm not uncomfortable with you saying that about me, Mike. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, can, Mike, Mike alienating it. another guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm all right with it. It's better Listen, than We just mean you're over 28. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I think it's safe to say you're over 28. It's definitely safe to say that. <laughs> it's been safe for many years to say that. Uh, you know, I think we kind of have to seek these places out. I, you know, to be open to surprise, a place that might look really... Um, Lackluster on the outside might have a great old bartender who has great stories. Um, I think it's a good time for trying a place that that we know isn't one of these really upscale cocktail bars, um, and we know isn't just a you know a, a dive for early twenty somethings. There are these places in between. Uh, just take a chance and walk in and see what happens. I'll, I'll pitch a bar. I'll tell you which bar. Sure. My neighborhood I like. I like the Black Duck Bar. Um, yeah, and, that's a very grown up place. You know, yeah, I know my friend Richard who uh, manages the joint. Yeah. Um, it's really regular. It's uh, they he tends to play bebop and jazz at a very um, tolerable volume. Great, you know there there is a TV, but it's not the main attraction. It's right. in the corner. So if you need to take a peek and uh, see if the revolution has started, you know, in Eastern Europe yet, which revolution? Yeah, yeah. Um, or uh, or here in America, um, see if the riots have begun. Um, the TV's on, or who won the game? But it's not it's not the thing, right? It's right. not if, the thing. If the TV's not dominating, I mean, even at South, we have a TV, but the volume's never on. It's stuck in a corner. It's not a gigantic monster. Just well, there. This week, I um, I was telling Rosie earlier. I went out to Donovan's in Woodside in my adopted new borough, and uh, it's an old Irish bar. It supposedly has the best burger in the city. 
And it was delightful. And you know, the men at that bar, I think I could have gotten lucky if, if I weren't already <laughs> uh, Judy, what's attached. the address? <laughs> Kidding. It's right off the seven train. Right off the seven train. There That's are a like bunch the story of old Irish queens, guys. Right yeah. off the seven train. But it was very nice. I mean, the, the waitresses are not as nice as they are at Molly Shabine, my second uh, favorite Irish bar. Which is a Irish great bar. Irish best, bar. Best daytime winter bar It's beautiful ever. and cozy, and they pour a great pint of Guinness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of... Um, folklore attached to what makes a great Guinness great and a bad Guinness bad. Tell us, and about you'll it. hear all kinds of things. Yeah, much of it, it apo- much of an apocryphal. Absolutely, you know, I've never gotten uh, a, a conclusive answer of any kind about this. But you know, people will say if there's really great turnover, it's a place that's pulling pints of Guinness all the time. If they keep their lines nice and clean, but that should be true of any beer you yeah, drink. That's right. um, and of course, so much is in Lapore. And, I mean, I always take pride in pouring a pint of Guinness. I take it seriously. It's a wonderful ceremony. Well, you, don't, you don't pour a pint. You build a pint. Well, true. Um, but I know that it's just not possible here. Maybe in an Irish bar in the farther reaches of Queens or the Bronx. Maybe. But for the most part, no one in New York is just going to wait as long as, as one expects to wait for a Guinness in Ireland. They're not going to give me, you know, I can take maybe three minutes, mm-hmm. but beyond that, people get very impatient. Well, Guinness was, was brilliant. Back in the day when I was a uh, beverage journalist, a business <laughs> It's true. I, I was yeah. an editor for uh, Beverage World Magazine. Was that before or after you were a stoner journalist? I went from pornography to liquor to drugs. All There's right. nothing left okay. for you to do in this Which world, Mike. You basically basically no vice the, on same, the same career trajectory as like a head of steer in a slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we were, I did do a story um, about Guinness, yeah. and I talked to their CEO, their marketing people, and it was brilliant. This was in the mid '90s. They had effectively lowered the temperature um, from a marketing standpoint, even like just the image that oh, Guinness was dry, is warm, oh, and yeah, it's really yeah. no, you something, don't want warm Guinness, and it's something for old men. But that's what a lot of yeah. young Americans had right, this idea right. that you know, in Britain they drink their beer warm, no, you know, no, or no, not no. even like you know, cask temperature or cellar temperature. Right, right. Um, but they effectively lowered the temperature, and they were on an education trip, which was an amazing mar- I mean, marketing thing. I mean, they like quadrupled their volume. I mean, yeah. They have a very small slice of the actual general market. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like, you know, half of 1%, but that half of 1% represents a billion dollars. And they like quadrupled it in a couple of years by partnering with bars, yep. by getting women who wanted to be, you know, to drink Guinness while the band was playing Van Morrison or U2 <laughs> and all these friendly, friendly Irish things because Irish bars were a place where old men went at once in a right. time. And now they're very chick friendly and youth friendly. And the people at Guinness really had that in mind. They said, right. If I can get you to try Guinness twice, you'll be a Guinness drinker. Yeah, it's kind of like olives that way. You know, if your grandma said, oh, you need to have six of them or something, then you'll like them. And you're like, why do I have to do that? But I do like olives, it turns out. It's true that I, I still don't see as many women drinking Guinness as I see men. Um, because of the calories. I another guess. myth, though? The calories, but but it is pretty low in alcohol. But, but For, it's not more fattening than regular beer, I understand? I don't think so. I mean, do I pay attention to no, those No, no, but I think these are the myths of, of, of Guinness. It's not that strong. It's not that fattening. It doesn't have blood in it. Well, well, all these weird things you used to hear about Guinness. It's our St. Patrick's Day pizza. Hooray. Thanks, Evan. Thank you. <laughs> that, looks that looks amazing. Um, I don't know about the calories um, because it's true. I really don't pay attention. And whenever you know, I get a lot of pitches for some... Oh, this pizza looks great. Speaking of wow. calories and not caring. <laughs> I'm letting myself go. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, it's it's <laughs> well in progress I'm, here. I'm, yeah, I'm right there. <laughs> um, you know, whenever I get a pitch for a, a, a drink that starts with the word skinny, Ugh. it's like instant delete. <laughs> so this is not my field of expertise, the calorie content of different drinks. But I know that Guinness is not terribly strong. So for me, 
when I was on book tour last year and it was fantastic and everybody I saw in every city wanted to go out drinking and I didn't want to let them down but I couldn't get completely hammered every night Guinness is my strategy because the alcohol is not very high and I can linger over a pint for a long time it can take you a while to drink a Guinness yeah um Oh man, this pizza is unbelievable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're it's so like, hungry, I think we should take our break a little <laughs> early. It's, it's, like, and it's like this, I think episode number 121 <laughs> or 122, Judy, and the pizza, man, it just does knock it off. Come on, does, does, it, does it get better every week, mm. the pizza? Or it is can. This just, wow. Sometimes, Sometimes it does. Are there more napkins over there? Um, we'll get you some napkins. Why don't we okay. take a quick break? Evan, um, I think We're going to hear the Pogues. <laughs> uh, Excellent. Shane McGowan and... Because it's Purim. We'll, we'll yes, Pogues. because it's Purim, that old Jewish... Band the Pogues is well, playing. Also a drinking holiday. Sally McClellan. Right, right. right. Shlomo McGowan. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right, it's Arts and Seizures here, broadcasting live from Murders on the Heritage Radio Network. Well, Jimmy Bright, I'm on again, the pub where I was born. He played it from the night time to the pace of early morn. He served the souls of psychos and the men who had the horn. And they all left very happy in the morn. But Jimmy didn't like his place in this world of ours Where the other man brought storm and next to me had too many pairs So I sad to see the grieving of the people that I'm leaving And he took the road for God knows in the morning We walked into the station in the rain We kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang him a song that time's long gone Now we knew that we'd be seeing him again to say I must be on my way So buy me beer and whiskey Cause I'm going far away I'd like to think I'll be returning when I can To the greatest deadly boozer And to Sally McLennan The years went by and twice the change I grew to be a man I learned to love the virtues of Sid Sally McLennan I took the cheers and drank the beers And crawled back home and done I ended up a barman in the morning I tried the pump and took the hump And wore the whiskey down I took the booze and horses my name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Shane. Yeah, we were just uh, talking about uh, Shane McGowan and eating pizza. Um, I interviewed him a, a bunch of years ago when Peace and Love came out in the Gramercy Park Hotel back when it used to be like mm, a yeah. really cool place. Yeah, that was a great bar, the original mm-hmm. Gramercy Bar. Great bar, great date bar. Absolutely. Really fun. Um, and then I saw him like about 10 years later, and it was really sad because he was playing this festival out on Randall's Island. And he was basic. You could tell he was wearing adult diapers, mm. and it was around St. Patrick. Wow. No, it couldn't have been around St. Patrick's Day because it was summer. But his pants, you could tell, and he had to be propped up on stage, and everyone is screaming for him to drink. And it was just so. I mean, I know he had issues with heroin too, but it was just so sad, like that he has to be this, this like drunk fool. Yeah, when he's obviously a very brilliant person. Um, and, I, and, I don't, and I don't use that word lightly. I mean, I really think he's such a brilliant songwriter and has a great mind. And, uh, yeah, I've had the same thing at Pogue shows. You know, they used to play New York around St. Patrick's yeah. almost every year for years, and I would always go. And much of the crowd is really fun. And as we all know, there are few things more poignant than a late middle-aged mosh pit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Broken hips aplenty. Oh, 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 exactly. Always see. Um, but, yeah, there is this sort of freakish, like, medieval 
fool kind of thing, people shouting at, you know, just sort of, I don't know, goading what's what's most sad and abject about him rather yeah. than what's so great about him. Yeah, it just I don't it, get that impulse. It really it really depressed me. The last time we saw him, we saw him at Roseland around well mm-hmm. they were going to play around St. Patrick's Day a couple years ago. I think I went to that. Yeah. And he ended up in a wheelchair. Yep, I was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he had to skip a, he fell on the stage in Boston, had to skip a show and then they played. Yep. And it's just, you know, it's so I mean so many So what are we saying that there's a downside to all this alcohol? Yes, there is. Well, well, Rosie, you're a professional drinker. <laughs> do you feel the pressure uh, to be cocktailing it up all the time? You have a public image as a, as a drinker. It's you do. true, and people sometimes are disappointed because I don't get drunk. It's not, you know, I'm 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 well, drinking, drinking, drinking is your gimmick. Um, drinking is part of my job, and I love it. I don't like getting drunk. I've certainly done it, but at, at this stage in my life, I really can't do it. And, and also, be a, there's the drinker part and the writer part, and the writer part doesn't work out for me so well if I have a hangover. Um... So I, I don't often feel pressure, um, but occasion. But there's a lot of joking, like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you just had two drinks and that's it." I just yeah, feel like sorry. having two drinks. Sorry, you know. Again, I'm, I'm nobody's performing drink monkey. It's, it's, yeah, now you're also a bartender. I am a bartender. And you're by the bar, and, um, and I love that. Is a bartender. window to the world like none other. It is. It's really <laughs> great. I, I, I kind of think everybody should do it at least for a short time. The stories you hear, and and you know, I think. We've been hearing a lot in New York lately, certainly during the last mayoral campaign, about how economically divided the city can be. And, and the bar, or a good neighborhood bar, still feels like a kind of leveler, where you, where you meet a little, a little bit of everyone from everywhere in the city. And I find that endlessly interesting. Yeah, I'm not feeling that as much as I used to, though. Again, you know, it's the, it's yeah. the, it is the tale of two cities, and it's, it's sad, sadly true. It may not be... Um, as ultra super polarized, and you know, you know, as we, yeah. you know, as it's been painted by by some people. I, I think it depends on where you are. Sure. My neighborhood is completely polarized. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Your, your neighborhood being Williamsburg. I mean, boy, oh boy, I was thinking about that too. And in our lives in New York City, how we've seen the city turn. And I guess the East Village is really the first. You know, neighbors, we really saw turnover from from artists and being a rough part of town and and drugs and, and whatever the hell with East Village was an artist's place. I'm a little too. Young to really have seen it happen to Greenwich Village. A little bit I saw it happen to Soho, like when it kind of went from you know from lofts to like you know high end fashion places. Yeah. But Williamsburg in our lifetime, this has oh, been an yeah, amazing yeah. sociological yeah. you know cycle that we have seen from a barren desert to like the episode. But it wasn't a barren well, desert. It was no. full. It was full of, um, well, you know, Hispanic, working people, Greg, Polish, yeah. well, Italian, okay. Okay, like working class it, people, again, yeah. and and in industry. And instead of industry, now we have rich people buying twenty dollar cocktails. Wow, and, and, you know, a, a hat store opened where a liquor store was for like. 30 years, they moved to Park Slope because the rent yes. was cheaper. Yeah. Now, every neighborhood needs a good hat store. And I don't, I don't mean to overstate <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the desert thing, but I do recall, like, you know, in the 80s, being recording records there and way down North 6th Street or 7th Street, I mean, there was nothing there. There was, it was industrial. And if you wanted to get a drink at a bar or you wanted to get food, I mean, and it yeah, was a walk. See, I, th- I think what Mike's saying is there was no bar. When we say there was nothing there, <laughs> what we well, mean the only is there bar, was, the, yeah. the only bar, and another great one, is uh, the Greenpoint Tavern on Bedford Avenue, which, which is always one of my and favorite And the Turkey's Nest. Turkey's Nest, I was going to say, that's a, that bit, place. that's a little bit further down the road, yeah. out of the way, but Greenpoint Tavern to get. And you talk about keeping the lines clean. I remember the first time I was in there, and they served the, what, 32-ounce Budweiser's and Styrofoam cups. Like still, at Ferrell's. Right, right. Still to this day. And... Um, they pour a lot of Budweiser there. Yeah, and those sure. lines are fresh. The kegs are—I mean, you know—the lines are clean. The I'm kegs are fresh. Cold. That's good Budweiser. I mean, that's like wow. 
I'd yeah. like, I'd like, you know, if I were to install a keg in my shower, I would like it to be maintained by the people at the Greenpoint Tower. <laughs> I hope they're listening. Because <laughs> yeah. that could happen. Do you drink in the shower, Rosie? I do not drink in the shower. And I, I read something, I don't know, maybe last year about about college students getting drunk in the shower, like, before going to class. Really? It's like, what is this? Yeah. Really? Well, so, I mean, like, like shouldn't why? they be having sex in the shower think, or something? You know, they like, could spend, also, and then have get drunk after class, something. Kids, what's going to happen to your I, GPA? Well, as as you know. know, I'm a big proponent of the beer in the shower. <laughs> you um, need a kegerator for that bathroom. I've, I've, I've thought about it. I've actually looked looked at, looked into it. It's, oh it's, it's expensive. Um, well, Budweiser in Canada is my shower beer. It's my go-to shower beer. Okay. I wish I could get peels like Jimmy Breslin used to oh, pitch. Oh, yes, I remember beer, that very well. Right? Yeah. Um, and he was the guy. Talk about a drinking journalist. He was no our guy. It. A real drinking beer because that would be my shower beer. But um, you know, beer in the shower—it's not to get loaded. It's to—it's a it's great hangover cure. It's the only thing that is a palliative for a hangover. I don't know really. about the science of that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, his science. Oh, Mike's science, science is always dubious. The science is sound. The science is sound. It works for Mike. Listen, it works for Mike. Listen, come on, Rosie. You know that a hangover is your body telling you that it's missing the thing that you've been feeding it. Oh, so all you oh. need to do is kind of get a little equilibrium. Uh-huh. A hangover is there's too much blood in your alcohol. <laughs> and so, but a hot shower, cold beer. But I also like. Just want to say that I love the beer and shower. Like before I go out on a date or before dinner when I'm taking. Or before you do radio. Yeah, wake up on a Sunday. Well, you know you're starting the day. It's just nice. It's all. It's only a beer for Christ's sake. All right. I mean, no, no, no harsh judgment is being issued here. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> like my mini shower spa. drinker. Until I can afford better, that's like my spa. I got it. I got <laughs> it. I can see that. I can see that. Ladies who lunch go have like little cucumber water in the uh, sauna. Might uh, unless it's Elaine Stritch. Oh. Then she'd definitely be having a drink in the shower. <laughs> when I think of ladies who lunch, I think first of Elaine Stritch, <laughs> which I think is good. We were at, my my Elaine friend Stritch Dan and I were at IKEA two weeks ago, and he goes, "Oh my God, Elaine Stritch is in the cafeteria." I was like, "Oh my <laughs> God, Elaine Stritch is not in the cafeteria at IKEA." That would be incredible. Yeah. Turned, wow. I don't think mistaken. it was Elaine Stritch. I can't imagine. <laughs> Though that's a movie I would watch. <laughs> Elaine Stritch at Ikea. <laughs> With those wow. Swedish meatballs. With the Swedish meatballs. I was trying to find the right joke for the Swedish meatballs, but it didn't seem appropriate. No, no, I, don't, no. I don't think the um, the public drinking drunkenness um, in terms of, like, you know, the Rat Pack vibe and, you know, the old Dean Martin kind of, like, Frank Sinatra swigging and swirling and being publicly drunk. It's kind of gone way out of vogue. I think people... Well... Looked, I mean, if you ever remember those, like, Dean Martin Rose and Foster Brooks and those yeah. whole shtick was being shit-faced? I don't think that goes over anymore not really and i mean i think you know of 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 the great illustrious um public figures who drank with gusto we we lost the greatest in the last year peter o'toole whose name must be invoked on saint patrick's day and i I raise my glass but yeah i'm 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 not impressed with the antics of rock stars i'm not going to name names right now (laughs) <laughs> Hi, ladies. There are these nice girls who are here checking us out. <laughs> They're adorable. Cute. No. Um, but Peter O'Toole, I mean, that was that was um, sort of elevated bad behavior. You yeah. know, you think of O'Toole. I think of Oliver Reed. Oh. In the, in the Peter O'Toole, oh, the, the Peter oh. O'Toole League. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but the thing was, I mean, O'Toole did it with such grace and... Um, and he was ki- and with kindness where where Oliver Reed could just be mean and scary o- O'Toole was always elegant and 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 friendly and fun but now we have Gwyneth Paltrow claiming none of her friends get drunk 
Twitter. Getting drunk is unattractive. Well, I'll tell you well, what. Well, that's that, that's true, that's a that's a, one reason I wrote drinking with men because of these ideas, especially about women, that mm-hmm. it's unseemly to drink to drink, especially uh, alone in well, a bar. Well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm laughing, especially um, amongst our contemporaries. Once upon a time, if you got caught drag racing your Lamborghini while you were stoned and then were belligerent to the fuzz, you'd be some kind of folk hero. <laughs> you know, but um, unfortunately, the guy who's doing it isn't, isn't like our guy. Not our guy. He's not, not our, our guy. guy. But that kind of like willful public yeah. <laughs> misbehavior has gone so out of style. Yeah, well, well, you know, so you say it's gone out of style. I just feel like it doesn't have style anymore. No, when like, you have Justin Bieber doing it. Yeah, like. I was I was trying not to name the name, but let's <laughs> well, just go know, right I, ahead. I thought you did a pretty good job not mentioning it. Yeah, you did a great job. I mean, I drove all the way around the block not to, <laughs> make, to, you make, did. Not to mention you his did. name. You did. Uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> the guy with the hair. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I feel like um, you know we've talked quite a bit about beer, but we should put in a good word for whiskey. Oh, tell, tell whiskey, me how you get a taste for it. I've whiskey. never you don't have a taste well, for it. I well, don't have a taste. Spend a weekend with Rosie and I, and uh, you come, out, you come out the other side of Belieber. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm I'm having uh, coffee now with a, with a nice little um, slug of Kilbegan and Irish whiskey. You may not know as well as you know Jameson or Powers or Bushmills, and it's delicious. Um, and, and I do feel that there are some pairings in this world that are just such classics. Um, I'm looking at this pizza, and of course, mozzarella and tomato is one of them. But a pint of stout and Irish whiskey it's fantastic. with it. It's just magic. A Boilermaker, but even, you know, a, any a bottle of Budweiser and, and, a, and a shot of bourbon, you know, a beer a shot. Is- yeah, I, I'm, I'm pro any Boilermaker, but for the this occasion... You want a, a pint? And of, I'm, a, I'm a whiskey drinker, but never a car bomb, especially not on no, St. Patrick's Day. No, that's that's bad form. Is I don't. Is I don't car bombs? That, that, that like something involves dropping? Drop into the, yeah, it's messy. And that's, dopey for children. And, that's for children. And the name, you know, I mean, I have a thick skin, and most people I know who spend a lot of time in bars do. But some people really are upset by that name. Some people. Terrorism jokes just aren't hilarious. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. Um, Uptight. <laughs> uh, but there's no, so I do much. Think it's in bad I've been taste. a whiskey drinker since I was a teenager. Uh, starting with starting me. with Jim Jim Beam, which is uh, still among my favorites. I mean, there's so many good it's bourbons and all these like handcrafted bourbons. Yeah, and I love Woodford's amazing and Breckenridge is coming out of Colorado is really. I mean, it's there's just really no nice stuff. Great whiskey, but I do really like Jim Beam. I um, you know, I'll, I'll drink uh, Ten High. I mean. I mean, it's, you know, there's a difference. I can tell the difference. Right. But the difference, and the difference to me is $5. Right. Per shot. <laughs> so, but seriously. Rosie, what is the perfect St. Patrick's Day drink? Oh, I, I would say a pint of stout. I mean, it's usually going to be Guinness, but sometimes you can mm-hmm. find uh, another stout. I, but I, to me, the sort of classic is, is Guinness and Jameson. Um, I feel like Irish whiskey, um, some people disparage it a little for its, its uh, relative... Um, demureness in a way it's it's filtered three times which it does make it quite smooth and some people find that makes it a little uninteresting I totally disagree uh, Irish whiskey is very I just think flavorful it's so drinkable and so pleasurable um, I mean there are higher shelf Irish whiskeys I love too I'm a big fan of Redbreast which I think is a fantastic Jameson whiskey. and Bushmills are both such good products they're both very delicious I'm not such yeah. a Powell's fan but um Oh, I like Powers also, um, and, and they have a special release called John's Lane, which is mm-hmm. one of my, my recent favorites. But yeah, a pint and um, a, a neat whiskey. Yeah. And you sip the whiskey, or you do a Sip it. Sip you know, it. shooting, I like to taste my liquor. Right. The I shooting thing, not for me. Yeah. Well, you know, and then there's... Except the to celebrate, Except, you know? except... 
a shot is a nice concept too, which sort of is also not you don't see quite as much. I don't think you do, right? I mean, you order whiskey neat, that's fine. Um, I mean, bartenders in the old bars used to pour you a shot back, you know, with a wink and a, wink and a nod yeah. in a real shot glass that you could shoot because it yeah. wasn't gigantic. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. a real shot. Yeah. It was an ounce and a half of yeah. liquor and very, right. very manageable, which is really, you know, one of my pet peeves about cocktails um, is that they're all gigantic these days. Oh, I mean, you're, that's changing, unfortunately. You know, yeah, I mean, a, a martini is supposed to be something you can drink quickly and stay cold. It's yeah. not supposed to be six ounces of vodka. No, I agree. I th- a martini should really be no more than A silver ounces. bullet. And you should be able to have two and walk out of there. Sure. You know, also, I mean, I go to some of these, you know, restaurants, like, I know it's a good pour and it's kind of manly mm-hmm. just to have a bourbon on the rocks. I don't really need a bowl of bourbon. Really? Well, I know I need, I need the option. I need the option. Right. right. You know, I mean, it's so much liquor that I mean, by you the time, can stop. Yeah, nobody's forcing you to drink the whole no, thing. Yeah, yeah. As if, as if, as if. It should come yeah. with two straws when you see these. Like, you know, it's a tiki bourbon <laughs> in oh, a skull. How I miss those days, right? Of Trader Vic's in, 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 uh, in the um, plaza, in the plaza yeah. hotel. You get yeah. like a drink for seven that came in a bedpan, basically. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> So what are we doing for Thanksgiving? For Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow. Arr. Arr. I'm cutting you off, Judy. I know. <laughs> That's it. No more coffee or water for me. For St. Patrick's Day, I'm going to watch uh, The Real Housewives of New York with our friend Val, who's going to be on this ep- issue, episode. Oh, well, issue, maybe I'll, episode, I'll turn that on to see uh, our friend and uh, often frequent uh, guest Val Frankel, but I was just going to go home and hide. Yeah, <laughs> that's my plan. I mean, this is like um, St. Patrick's Day is like the day to stay off the fucking street. Um, you know, it's not quite New, like Year's, New Year's Eve, Eve, which is my least favorite night of the year. But um, yeah, I try to stay off the street on St. Patrick's if Day. If I have a good productive day, I might be persuaded to go out just for a pint. Whenever I say, I'm going to go well, out and have a pint. Well, Rosa, you're a journalist. <laughs> you need bites. to go out and, and, right. and, you know, and you're highly trained in the art of observation. And I want to see your tax return. I want, like, <laughs> responsibility to your expenses public. must be hilarious. <laughs> They're kind of funny, and, and I'm I'm very cautious, you know. And and I say to my accountant, "Really, really, this is this is this really e- is my work?" And she's like, "Yes, it is your work." Okay. Yes, yeah. Well, it's nice work if you can get it. That's what they say. And it's been the fastest half hour on the internet today, once again. Where can we find you, Rosie? We can find your book on Amazon. <laughs> you can, you can bar. Find, you can find my book all over the place. You can find me at South in the South Slope section of Brooklyn on Tuesdays from two to nine. So come on down. Tuesday afternoon drinking. That's good. I'm it's really fun. Day drinkers are the best people. Playing I hooky. have to do that before I leave. Yes. Playing, playing hooky is, is the best, right? It really is. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. I don't, I next, don't even ne- know who our guest next, is. Next, <laughs> next week. Next week. <laughs> next week is pizza week. We've got. All oh, right, the pizza week guy. Is pizza week. We've got Chicago versus New York pizza happening right wow. here. I know who deserves to win that. It's not really a competition, but the guys we got from from Chicago are not your standard uh, Chicago pizza guys. They are. It's like a stoner laboratory of pizza revolutionary imagination. It's going to be good. We're going to have some fun. So, that sounds good. Uh, once again, for Judy McGuire and Rosie Shop and Evan in the booth, it's Mike Edison on Arts and Seizures. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.